Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where I help passionate entrepreneurs condense an hour of business research into 22 minutes of powerful conversations filled with knowledge, stories, and advice to help you achieve your one-year goal in 90 days. From national stages to your earbuds, I'm here to tell you that it's possible to have a profitable and sustainable business without the fear of overwhelm and uncertainty that comes with being an entrepreneur. It's all mojo and none of the fluff. It's time to get motivated in 22 minutes. Welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. This is our brand performance podcast. And on our performance conversation today, today's episode is Zach Miller. And the reason that we have selected Zach to be our guest is because he's a journalist turned entrepreneur who pioneers brand strategies way before they become household names. He's authored Anomaly, it's how to finally stand out from the crowd, and thinks your icebreaker question should not be, hey, what do you do? Rather, what are you watching on Netflix? Okay, Zach, I think just that right there has all of us on the edge of our seats as we're tuning into this episode. And now we want to hear what is going to come out of your mouth. Uh, please don't ask me what I'm watching on Netflix because then I have to figure out what I'm watching on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tiger King, come on. I mean, I mean Tiger yeah, King, like Ozark. I mean, you know, but hey, when this episode goes, this could be five years from now. People are listening. Do so, you think people will be talking about Tiger King five years from now? Let's make a prediction. I'm going to no, say, think, go. I okay, you no. tell me. I, th- I think no. I, I think Tiger King fell at the exact right time. <laughs> and I think that had it not, if people weren't in their homes the way that they're doing this in the world, Tiger King would not have been the world phenomenon that it has become. I mean, and also... From a documentary standpoint, they did have a lot of content that most documentaries don't always have. So that was a good part of it. But like, no, I don't think it'll be that thing that people are like, oh, well, remember when? But not like, no, people will forget about it. Okay, Zach. So people that are listening to this episode might not know what you're talking about by like that episode dropped. What's going on right now? I'm going to let you lead that. What's going on? What time are we in? What time are we in? It's uh, 20... 2020 it's uh but it's the COVID-19 pandemic come on see you know see here's the thing you're not even focused on that because you would have spoken that truth like right out of the gates but here's the cool part I can already frame your mindset by listening to the fact that you didn't even bring that front and center it's irrelevant right things things need to be relevant for a long period of time for you to continue to stay relevant and I think this I, I think a piece of content like that is very much the what's popular on the um what's popular in the world today type of standpoint right and so there are things that are monumental things that people will remember forever and there are silly little things that people won't remember forever right i mean uh, i don't think i was born when this happened but like who shot jr was like the most popular tv show of all time right but people still talk about that right so that's like a monumental day in the world what show was that was that mash is that what it was i don't know i'm not sure i don't know but that's like for a very long period of time i think that's the on a tv perspective the highest rated show ever oh that was dallas so who who shot jr yes it was dallas how would i know that (laughs) how would i know that but thinking to have that kind of impact for a long period of time i mean that's 
that's something that is very, very powerful and something that's what three, four, five decades old. Like that's a very interesting statistic that is still very relevant that so many people, I think it was like 50% of people, 60% of people that were watching TV that day were watching that show, which from a context context standpoint, if you have like 10% of people watching your show where everyone is watching TV in a market, that's a really big number. So to have half the people like that's, significant. I agree with you. Okay. So I want to dig into Zach Miller. I know that you started and you used to work around helping, you know, software firms get up and running. You leveraged yourself into that marketing around those startup firms and developed incubators and have just some really good experience in that space, which led you to, of course, write the book that you wrote around the marketing So give us some insight. So what is Anomaly? And you state that it's how to, you know, finally stand out from the crowd. And right now more than ever with COVID and this pandemic, you know, like we talked as we got to know each other, you know, like everybody is in our space right now. So how can we stand out if somebody's listening to this episode next week and they're hearing Zach speak his genius? What kind of tips and pointers and direction can you provide to them? So I like to look at what you're consuming, right? So let's let's scroll through your LinkedIn feed right now. And on your LinkedIn feed, you see a bunch of people with uh, pictures of their days that look like the Brady Bunch, basically, right? So it's a bunch of Zoom calls that have a quadrant of three by three, and it's nine people in that picture. And that's great, and people are smiling, and it's like, oh, this is wonderful, and there's a little bit of copy on it that says, oh, look, this is how I spent my morning right? Or you see a commercial that, uh, if it's COVID specific, uh, says, we're here with you, right? And it's great. And those are wonderful. And then you keep scrolling and you keep scrolling and you keep watching and you realize that the second, the third, the fourth, the 100th, the 200th, the 4,000th, they're all the same message. And so you got a lot of people that are camouflage marketing themselves. They're posting something that, you know, they're putting a lot of time into, but the message is the same as everyone else's. And if they do what everyone else does, at some point, it becomes a Black Friday ad to them and they turn it off. And so we do that on a daily basis, no matter what you're going through. And so you have to be very cognizant and smart and strategic in the type of material that you are attaching to your brand. And if it looks like everyone else, well, guess what? If you were the first one, you're going you're gonna to do fine. If you were the best out of that, then you will, you will be the one that's remembered. But most people will just do a very small portion of that. And then it becomes basically what I think is camouflage marketing, which is it just becomes a scroll. It just becomes another thing. And so we have to be very cognizant to make sure that we're creating campaigns and we're creating Uh, opportunities for people to see us so that they can then see that great message that we have, which is whatever that brand is, is selling ultimately. And I think all too often people have an amazing business or thing that they want to show them, but it gets hidden because we've camouflaged ourselves too much to be like other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's no sticking point, you know? So, so yeah. So like you're saying, everybody's scrolling, but nobody's like, there's not a sticking point. So how do we capture that sticking point? And you know, what are those tips and give us three things that you know, from like a marketing perspective right now that's going to help us succeed. So I remember about a a decade ago, I would go to like a chamber of commerce event and I would show up in a similar outfit to everyone else, right? Let's just, let's just say it's a suit, right? So everyone there is dressed to the, 
maybe not the nines, so like the eights, right? And um, I never understood that term anyway, dressed to the nines. I got to figure that out. Um, but <laughs> I show up to this event. I'm there. I have this great thing to sell. I think I'm valuable. And then nothing happens, basically. Yeah, I meet a couple people, but nothing really sticks. So then one day, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to dress like I normally do. And I start wearing jeans and a t-shirt and like a pair of like sneakers and like suede sneakers. And I open the door and basically it's a bunch of like Aaron Rodgers discount double checks where people are just like, what, what, what? Like, who is this guy? And it finally got their attention because I didn't look like everyone else. We're all selling something that's important. But then I was able to, because I dressed a little differently or completely differently, I was able to get their attention. Now, I get a lot of pushback on that, like, well, Zach, I can't not wear a suit. You're right, but you could flare it up a little bit. You could wear something that's personalized on, on the tie. You could wear a handkerchief. You could uh, have a pin or an emblem on your dress or something or a scarf. You could do something that will get one's attention that will get them to see you. And that's the, that's the first and most important thing in there. The second thing I would say is um, if you want an action to happen, you have to create that action. And so if you want to meet someone, you have to go up to them and just say hello. You have to just say hi. Because you hoping that that person will come to you and say hi is fairly unlikely because they're also afraid to go up to you. They're also uh, just not going to do it because it's why would they get out of their comfort zone? So saying hello to people is a valuable, very, very valuable thing. And then the third thing I would say is figure out a way to host your own event, whether that be a physical event, an online event, so that your name is basically on the marquee. And what I mean by that is when your name is on the marquee, it's just like the, the big brand that's buying naming rights on a stadium. So like if you, let's go back to Dallas, Dallas Cowboy Stadium is actually AT&T Stadium. So AT&T pays to get their branding on that stadium at all times. And then other people refer to that as AT&T Stadium. And so what can you do to host an event that gets your name on, on a stadium, basically? What you wear, how you approach it, and be the leader is what I'm hearing you kind of break it down to is, you know, stand out. And, you know, as we were getting to know each other, you know, one thing I learned about you is that you know how to take action. You are an action master. And that's just my own perception. Okay. Because you're telling me, you know, you're training for marathons, you're a triathlete, you're doing all of these massive movement things. And so the conversation of risk came into play. So mm -hmm. give us, you know, risk and excuses. So give us some insight um, through your experience, you know, as a triathlete, as a marathon runner, somebody who likes to take action, give us your two cents. So I would um, first put an asterisk by both of those marathoner and triathlete with a little like, <laughs> we should say like not good at marathons and not a good triathlete. But I like to do things that are challenging and oftentimes in a world that has nothing to do with the thing that I do to make money, right? So I have found that by doing physical things, marathons, triathlons, or things not associated with the business that are hobby-like and that have a challenge to them, they actually make me a stronger business person because then I can focus on one thing and then realize, okay, I'm done with it, and then focus on the other side, and then and it's fine that it's very, very helpful. So, um, so like I did a marathon in March of 2020, and the sole reason that I wanted to do that was to basically hit that wall and figure out what it was like to get through it so that when something in my business hit a wall, I could be like, 
okay, well, this is what I did in this world on the fitness side of it. I should do something similar. And so the, the answer on that was it's going to suck for a little while. And yeah, I guess I could potentially quit, but just keep moving, just roll with the punches, keep doing um, that movement. And at some point in your mind, by telling yourself, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. Because I remember it was like mile 19 to 20 of this marathon. And uh, it just, it was like, this really sucks. Like, and I just kept thinking to myself, just keep moving. And then eventually you get enough courage <laughs> to keep the balls moving and you started running again, right? So I was walking for a little while and then you just like, okay, figure it out. Right. And so I think most people will hit a wall and be like, I'm out. And I want to hit walls to figure out how to get out of that, how to, how to get around that wall, break through that wall so that in any part of my life, I'm ready and prepared for that. And yeah, there are risks associated with it. Sure. Like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm doing an iron, I'm supposed to be doing an Ironman in the middle of 2020. Okay. Well, there's risk you know, riding my bike you know, every day. Sure. Well, there's also the risk of like being lazy and bored, not doing these other things. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very, I'm very much like do things that are difficult, do things that seem crazy. And I think they make me as a human better. And I think those around me better because I can tell those stories. Absolutely. And then, you know, you talk about excuses, like excuse makers, right? So mm -hmm. there's risk takers and excuse makers, you know? And so what you're saying is, you know, you've really kind of tapped into why you like risk and, and, and what you enjoy most about the challenge, right? Yeah. So you also, when I asked, you like to watch professional wrestling. And what I learned is it's really interesting because I think the entrepreneurs, the business owners, the executives that are listening to this are really going to relate to how you're going to share why you watch professional wrestling. So like when I said, okay, who really is Zach? And you're like, well, I like to watch professional <laughs> wrestling. And then you went on to tell me some, some more insight around to that. So let our listeners hear that. Yeah. So I'm a 35 year old male who still watch men. No, I'm just <laughs> like, um, so I believe that Vince McMahon, who is the, let's just call him the owner of the WWE is the most underrated businessman in the world. So he, the a quick backstory is he took over his father's kind of local business about 40 years ago. And he recognized that this business was very territory based and by territory, meaning like a couple of states in the United States. And so it would be like the New England area was one territory. And so he, and then there was a bunch of these, you know, let's say 25 of these territories across the country. And he said, well, I think that I want to own all of them and turn this into a global brand. How could I take this local business and start marketing it so that other people could see it? And so that he basically created WrestleMania, which is the Super Bowl of their WWE Super Bowl. But he did this by taking the risk by saying, hey, just because everyone else did it this way before where it was territory based, this local business doesn't mean that this local business can't be a, a global juggernaut. And I think they publicly trade for like billions of dollars. But he did it by creating characters. And these characters, who by the way, I think were like one of the most successful actors in the world is The Rock. And The Rock is a Vince McMahon character. Right. And so he does this by incredible storytelling. And I think that if you were to just watch the way that, that professional wrestling story tells, you could learn a lot about um, how to get your message across. You know, it's, it's really the good guy versus the bad guy and then building that up in kind of a, um, a physical fitness kind of way. But then also the way that they market and get people to tune in. So they have, they have their own network, which is like a Netflix or Hulu. They have 2 million subscribers on this that give them 10 bucks a month or so. 
And so they're making $21 million a, a month on their own OTT through telling stories. And those stories are not real. And so it's an incredibly interesting philosophy to look at the content that you watch or consume and say, okay, what hooked me? What's the story in that? And so it doesn't have to be wrestling. Mm -hmm. It could be, it could be triathlons. It could be business, but what is the actual story that's hooking me? That's convincing me to want to invest more. And I think oftentimes we, we don't look at and dissect the content that we enjoy and figure out what it's really doing to us to then be able to capitalize and do ourselves. And I think wrestling has done that for me and it's not just wrestling. I mean, there's plenty of other content that I'll watch as well, but I think the storytelling of that can really pull someone in. And it's, I mean, it's an incredible, it's an incredible feat to be able to look at that stuff that you love and then to be able to dissect it. I enjoy listening to, it's actually quite refreshing, Zach, to hear you take that analogy, you know, match it to the end product of having the storytelling being the fascinating piece, but the way that you've approached it and then leveraging, you know, like you said, with Vince McMahon being a, just a stellar business person, taking what he's done through literally it's just storytelling, but it's just his way of doing it and building those characters that have allowed you to leverage a successful business platform, how you serve other people, the knowledge that you extend. It's, it's just, I think it's a beautiful connectivity. And I think that's why people really will relate to that once they hear that, because it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's and, I, and I think a lot of people will also look at that and be like, well, that's the stupidest thing ever as in like wrestling. Yeah. A lot of people think that about your business too. And if you worry about that one side of it, then you could spend your entire life, your entire business career worrying about those people who think you're an idiot or think that your product is stupid, I think you should worry about the left side of the bell curve, the positive side of the bell curve, and never worry about, you know, if you're thinking of a bell curve with four quadrants, never really worry about quadrants three and four who never want to go over the hill to, to, to be a part of what you're doing. Only focus on the low-hanging fruit. Only focus on the sides that are going to be a part of your journey because you can spend so much time on the, you know, the haters. It just, mm -hmm. it's, it can be a waste. And mm -hmm. so focus on the people that are going to gonna be a part of your journey because there's plenty of cash to be, um, there's plenty of opportunities if you just focus on those individuals and they're salivating looking for people. So I'm curious too, and I want to pick your brain on this one, you know, because as business owners and, and entrepreneurs are listening to this, what percentage of time do you recommend a business focus on their marketing? Well, probably more than they're already doing. I think everything is kind of marketing, right? And so if you're really good at telling a story, I mean, probably 100%, like literally 100% because you don't want to get into the game of telephone where you have a customer telling your story and it's the wrong story. And so you have to, at every aspect of your business, be thinking, how am I going to get that message across, right? And so every layer that's in your business, you want that person to be telling your story, not the wrong story about you. Yeah, I would say 100%. Most people don't, right? And so they also build these like conflicting brands that screw them. And so they don't think, imagine you're a business owner and you get on Facebook and you start rambling about something that has nothing to do with your business, but people are only looking at you as that person who owns that business. Well, now 50% of the people agree with you and 50% of the people think you're a donkey and you didn't have to lose any of those things, but because you went out there and posted something so off brand, you actually lost customers. And so I believe that you should always be on brand with your messaging. And so we also should be spending more time thinking about those, those moments so that when the game of telephone does happen or when someone has an opportunity 
to see you, it's the right message, not some ridiculous message that has nothing to do with you that some, for some reason, got shared with you. So tell us, if we are not good storytellers, okay, or we're telling ourselves that we're not good storytellers, what do we do? Like, what do you recommend? Because for some of us, like, you'll get in the way of yourself, right? And you're like, I don't know how to tell a story. My brand doesn't have a story. I have 10 stories. Which story do I tell? Okay. What do you recommend for somebody in that space? Yeah. Contact your following in whatever, wherever they are, through your emails, through your commercials, through your traditional media, through your social, whatever, in person, and literally say, what do you think that I do? What do you think that we do? And see what the answers are. Genius. And here's the thing too, and I knew that you would get into that. It's so easy. Like success is easy. And I say it all the time. We just make it hard. Because like marketing, people are thinking, oh my gosh, marketing, it's so heavy. I've got to market. No. If you educate properly, the sale automatically happens. Just educate every day what you do, how you do it, why you do it, where you do it, and people show up. What was your job growing up? Did you have like a job when like you were a teenager oh my gosh. or like in like yeah. middle school or something? We owned a family restaurant and I would get up and wait tables at five in the morning before I'd catch the bus. I guess that would be qualified as my first job. Okay. I was, I was, so that, I was young. And so when people, people probably use that from a brand perspective because at school you would tell people, oh, I'm going to the restaurant and people were like, oh, what kind of food do you have? And so you were able to capitalize off of that and market yourself, you know, during school and you probably helped your parents make money there too. What's also interesting is, so my first job was um, I mowed lawns. And so you talked about how easy some of these things are. I look back at that job and go, okay, like I had a lawn mower that I bought because my grandma gave me a hundred bucks. And I was like, well, I want to figure out how I can turn that hundred bucks into more money. Mm-hmm. And so I bought the lawnmower and then I looked at my neighbor's yard and I was like, uh, your lawn needs to be mowed. I knocked on his door and said, Hey, can I mow your lawn? It'll cost 10 bucks. And he's like, yep. And then I went back again and again, and again, all summer. And then I went across the street, the person across the street needed their lawn mowed. And so we get into this rut of thinking, Oh, this is too difficult. No, find the person that needs your service, knock on the door and say, Hey, uh, kind of looks like you need your lawn mowed. Can I mow your lawn? But most people will be too afraid to even do that. They'll put out a blog post and hope that people will call. And that's, yes, that's yeah. not enough. Okay, so I always love to say that uh, just initiate, that's like the sexiest yeah. word in business is initiate. Initiate a solution, a concept, a strategy. But just initiate doesn't mean that it needs to get buy-in, but just at least be the person to initiate it and see what that does. You'd be surprised what that can do. So talk about like being a risk taker, you know, yeah, it takes a little bit of grit to initiate something, but my God, that can be game changing. Talk to me about that. I mean, you, business is a game of numbers. And so if you have to knock on a hundred doors to win 10 pieces of business, which by the way, that 10% is a very high conversion rate for a lot of businesses. then that's what you have to do. If you knock on two doors, that's not enough. And so you just, you have to initiate that. You have to put the balls in the court to see what happens. I mean, think about the greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan. And yes, I said it, Michael Jordan's the goat, right? I don't care what anyone else says. He, what's the line? He missed 50% of his shots, more than 50% of his shots. So the greatest ever isn't even, is missing a lot. It just happens. Over 50%. Right, right. Okay. So if we want to keep the conversation going with you, where can we find you? Where, you know, you do have your own podcast, but um, where can we find more of Zach Miller? So I'll tell you, and a quick little hack at the same time. So everything I've done, all my handles and website are all at Zach Miller says. So Z-A-C-K Miller says, 
And the website is ZachMillerSays.com. The reason being that is when someone says, where can you find them? You don't want to say, oh, find me on Instagram at the Zach Miller 444 underscore or email me at, you know, um, the mountain man 430 Zach at gmail.com. No, make it consistent at Zach Miller says everywhere. And it makes it super easy. Like Simon says, it's constant. So yeah, so we just need to listen to what Zach has to say. And it's brilliant. I, I love it. And you're the marketing guy, right? Like you know how to, um, you know, talk book. That's that's your area of expertise is, is showing people how to do those very unique things. Okay, so before we go, I think people need to know, why are you the king of Easter eggs? Well, I like to paint them. <laughs> No, it's it's not in those Easter eggs. So so it's uh, I like to have like little things that listen, uh, people that will listen or or be a part of something. They'll see subtle things that they'll be like, "Whoa, was that that?" And um, I think it's just very interesting. And so my favorite, my second favorite TV show of all time uh, was Lost, and there was always a bunch of Easter eggs in the way that they produced that. And so it really got me thinking. Okay, like how could I add little pieces? to things that I enjoy or have been a part of my life in other things that I do throughout. And it's just people that are following along will notice something like that. And so like I did a video once and it was about uh, working out and training, but I would like, um, I wore like a jean jacket with it because I think that jean jackets are funny. And so there was a, potentially uh, an Easter egg there where people would see that or like a good marketing ad that I thought I might've written about in the book without necessarily saying that marketing lane or marketing brand. And so I don't know, I think that uh, Easter eggs are something that are a fun little flair into to the business world. If you go to Zach's LinkedIn profile, he's going to tell you that he's the king of Easter eggs. So yeah, that's why I have to bring it up. And, and that's why, I mean, it's these little isms. These are the things that people are going to remember. And that's exactly what you're sharing with us. That's the point, right? That's why on this podcast episode, it's so powerful to bring your best essence forward. And that's what, that's what that's all about. So, you know, um, this has just been super fun. And um, what was your favorite part, Zach? Like, what was, what's the thing that you, as we close out this episode, what was the thing that you enjoyed most sharing? Well, I enjoy meeting new people and I enjoy being able to connect. And um, I think that it's important in life to not only meet new people, but then to then have a great, meaningful relationship with that person. And so I'm happy that we were able to connect, but really I'm looking forward to what else comes out of this, right? And, and not just look at this as, oh, another podcast episode. It's like, how can we continue something like this forward? So I love connecting with people and I'm, I'm excited about that. And, but then uh, other than that, I don't know, the fact that I talked about camouflage and it looks like you're wearing a camouflage shirt this entire time. That's pretty <laughs> exciting. I love questions that oh make my. people think. And so I thought that you did a good <laughs> job there. Go. So you listened. So that. Excellent. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So to learn more about Zach Miller, you can visit our website at marlohiggins.com, where you can add him to your circle of influence, connect to his resources, and purchase his book. Again, Zach, this has been a delight. Thank you for being on 22 Motivational Minutes today. All right. So we invite you to share this podcast with others and thank you in advance for your partnership. If you enjoyed this episode and it left you feeling inspired, share your biggest takeaway in our Perform and Get Paid community Facebook group where we'll engage and respond to your questions. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. 
Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach passionate entrepreneurs like you to achieve complete confidence and clarity to reach your one-year goal in 90 days. Learn how you can get more done in less time with my number one proven formula for consistency and clarity. Simply go to go.marlohiggins.com to download. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. Marlo.